Son of Man. And when Jesus started walking this earth, he did not refer to himself as the Son of God. He referred to himself as the Son of Man. The Holy Spirit said, you are the Son of God. Now in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verses 26 through 28, God spoke to Adam and he said, I'm giving you dominion over all the earth. Subdue it. Subdue it. Now, God spoke, and we've, we've heard messages on, on the authority of the believer and the authority of Christ. One of my favorites, there's a lot of them out there. One of my favorites is Dr. Kenneth Hagin. I mean, he, he articulated the believer, uh, authority of the believer better than anybody I think I've ever read. And because he, he didn't put a lot of agenda or anything in it, it just, he just taught it to where you could say, okay, I believe this. And so we've heard this, and in the book of Genesis, God spoke to the creation. He spoke to that which was born out of the earth, that was made of the earth. And he breathed his spirit into earth, and it became a living, speaking being. And he said to them, I'm giving you dominion. Go and subdue it. As Pastor Rob preached last Sunday, we, you know, I don't, I'm not sure how many years there was. I mean, Genesis 1, you know, the first book, few books of Genesis, we, we look at that and think, well, that's just a matter of days. That, that could have been millions of years. We don't know how long Adam and Eve was in the garden. We don't know how long that the, the space was between the day that they were created and the day that, that they sinned. We, we don't really have a history of that. We don't have an accounting of, of that. But I do know that they knew God. They, they walked with him. But God gave his authority over the earth to that which came forth from the earth. That's important, okay? And we all know that they sinned and things got crazy and man got crazy and we've gotten crazier and crazier Although I do not know that we are the craziest, God is not surprised with our state today because he's dealt with this before. We like to say, well, it's never been this bad before. I beg to differ with you. It's been really bad before. Amen. It, it, it has been evil. To the point that God said, I have to wipe them out. Today, God's not trying to wipe us out. Today, God's trying to revive us. Big difference. God's trying to kill our selfish sin, but he's trying to resurrect us with the power of Holy Spirit He's trying to bring an, an anointing and a revival to this world like we have never, ever experienced before. We have yet to experience the greatest move of the Spirit of God. The former and the latter reign together is going to be something. Now, we've had some good revivals. We've had some good moves of God. And uh, we, we can go back in history and read about it. And we can say, wow, that was great. That was amazing. And I, I've heard people say a lot of times, I wish I could have been there on the day of Pentecost. I got to tell you something. It's, it's, it, it, it doesn't even compare 
what we can experience if we can just simply begin to release God in our lives. Amen. Oh, if I could just open that up to you. If I could, if I could just take your minds and your spirits and just open that statement up that I just said. If we could just release God in our lives. You say, well, I'm trying to believe. That's not releasing God. I'm trying to quote the word. That's good, but that's not releasing God. Sister Joy come up to me during worship, and she said, she said I, I, I heard this from the Lord that the, as the fire comes down and as we worship and the fire comes out, it comes and it's a great collision and explosion and we need to just start worshiping God and letting the fire of God proceed out of us. And, and as it comes down and as it comes out, there will be a manifestation of the presence of God. I got to tell you something. I am not, I was not born for the day of the falling away. I was born for the former and the latter rain in the same month. I fought that battle from the time I started preaching. God made a mistake, according to a lot of people, of visiting me in my house one night and give me a revelation and an understanding and a vision of the outpouring of his glory in his last day, and we have not got there yet. But we are going there. We, we are a generation that is set up for the move of the Spirit of God. We are birthed into this thing. So after all of that, I don't know how it all happened. I don't know how everything went down. I don't understand all of the legalities of the spirit realm, but I do know that the spirit realm is very legal. Authority is not haphazard. Spiritual authority is established in certain declarations. We don't just have spiritual authority in our life because we say, okay, I'm a Christian, I have spirit. No, you gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta understand that this thing comes through a surrendered life. It comes through a life that says that God is able, my God can do anything, anything, anything. My God can do anything. I believe that there is nothing that is impossible when we let God be who he is. So we don't understand how all this took place. But we do know in the book of John chapter 1 and verse 1, it says that he was in the beginning. In the beginning was the word. The declaration, the creative power, the establishing of all things was in the beginning. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life. And the light was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not comprehend it. Now jump on down to verse 14. It says, and the word became flesh. And dwelt among us. 
Did you hear what I said? That which began all things. That which was the declaration of all creation. The power that caused everything to begin to happen became flesh and dwelt among us. Us. I'm going to say it again, us. It wasn't just 2,000 years ago in Israel. I said he dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten, oh, my Jesus, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He was, I said he's the only begotten of the Father. See, Adam was the first created son. But Jesus was the firstborn son. When we begin to understand the transformation that God hold on humanity. In the book of Luke chapter 4, I preached on this a lot, but I want to I go back to the book of Luke chapter 4 and verse 3. This is after Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon him and drove him into the wilderness. Oh, Jesus. Drove him in. You know, I asked God one time. I felt really isolated and cut off from everything and everybody for several years. I mean, I thought, God, what? I mean, he took my circle. I went from traveling all over the world, preaching the gospel, to most days never getting out of my office, not knowing anybody, not working with anybody, just isolated. Been like that for years. And I thought, God, what is going on? He drove me into the wilderness. And there was a reason for that. I asked God here a while back. I said, God, why? Why has this happened? Why have you done this? I told him, I said, I feel like I lost the most productive years of my life hiding in a cave. I was asking that question. And one day I just happened to turn on, watch a video from Pastor Ron Carpenter Jr. out in California, and God answered my question. He said, some of you say that you have been isolated. But he said, I'm telling you, you have not been isolated. You have been separated so that you can be trained by the Holy Spirit and not by the herd. When I heard that, I said, okay, God, thank you for hiding me in a cave for a while because I don't have a lot of the stuff, influences that has went on in this world. I just have the influence of being shut up with Holy Spirit alone with God and hearing what he has to say. And now it seems like he's opened the doors and said, okay, I want you to go and tell them what I said. We're going to have a conversation about God. And he said in verse 3, and the devil said to him, if you are the Son of God. Now, where did he get this? Because Jesus never claimed to be the Son of God. If you are the Son of God, devil asked him that three times. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. 
And Jesus answered him, he did not, he did not debate it. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, and by every word, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. See, you got to understand, the devil had no idea why Jesus was here. Matter of fact, in Colossians it says, if they had known, they would not have crucified him. <laughs> the devil sees the power of God. He witnessed the birth and the angels singing. And he's scratching his head. And he's saying, I've been through this before with Moses. So I think I'm going to kill all the kids and stop this from happening. You know, one thing about it, the devil does not learn because it didn't, didn't matter. It didn't work in Moses' day. God still got Moses up a stream into the palace in spite of the devil trying to kill all the kids. But God said, I'm going to raise up a deliverer, and you don't come against God when he says he's going to do something. It's going to happen. The devil's scratching his head and saying, well, if you are the son of God, what he was saying was, what are you doing here? What's your plans? Are you gonna are you gonna fight me? Let me test you. Let me test your your desires. You're, you've been hungry for 40 days and 40 nights. If you are the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. Jesus said, ah, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone. He didn't say, you know I'm the Son of God. Well, that's what we'd do. You know I'm anointed. <laughs> haven't you seen the reports? Haven't you, haven't you seen the advertisements? You know I'm anointed. Didn't you hear what John the Baptist said? Jesus never said a word except he said, it's written. Man should not live by bread alone. He did not contest nor defend the fact that Satan said, if you are the Son of God. You know why? Jesus did not come to this earth to prove to us that he was the Son of God. He came to this earth to become the Son of Man because he had a plan that was going to take all the kingdom of hell by surprise, and he was about to deliver everyone that was bound, and Satan was going to play along with it. See, in order, in order to reclaim an inheritance that has been lost, you have to prove that you are connected to the beginning of the inheritance. You have to prove what your origin is in order to receive an inheritance. You have to prove that you're connected. And if you can prove that you're connected, you can reclaim the inheritance that has been lost. Everything belongs to you. You understand what I'm saying? Jesus didn't come down to prove to everybody he was the Son of God because he already knew he was the Son of God. See, he already had positional authority in heaven. He was the Word, the creative Word, the power Word, 
Matter of fact, in the book of Hebrews, he says that he upholds all things by the word of his power. And so he, had, he already had positional authority in heaven with the Father. Matter of fact, in the book of John chapter 17, he said, I can't wait until I get back to the place where I came from. Hallelujah. I can't wait to get back to my heavenly origin and to be with you again. But he had something to do. He had to establish the fact that he was the son of man. Because, listen, Jesus, whenever he was born of Mary, when he come through that birth canal and was born of flesh, he became possessor of the very earth that the, that the inheritance came from. He got a body of flesh that came from the earth. God didn't have a body that came from the earth, but he gave authority to Adam, to the one that was created from the earth. And in order to get the inheritance, you had to be from the origin. Why was Jesus born of a virgin? Because he needed an earthly vessel to be connected to the origin of the inheritance in order to get the birthright. He had to have what was, what was given. And in order, angels couldn't do it. Angels couldn't do it because they wasn't qualified to do it. But listen, God had a plan. In Hebrews it says, a body hast thou prepared. A body has an earth body, an earth body made from the ground. See, every one of you come forth from the earth. That's why you have to take vitamins and minerals because you're from the earth. That's why you have to take iron and potassium and, and, and all this stuff that came forth from dirt. You have in your body all of the characteristics of clay. Everything that's in clay is in your body. You came forth from the dirt of the ground. And God told the dirt man, filled with his spirit, he said, I'm giving you all authority, all dominion. But then he lost it to an unseated angel. He lost it to a fraud, a fake Somebody that couldn't do it himself, so he had to get others to do it for him. You got to understand, in the Old Testament, God never did anything without an earthen vessel to work through. Why? Because he does not have. He gave the authority to that which was made of clay, and in order to operate in authority in this earth, he had to have a vessel that was made of clay to operate in this earth realm. And so that's why he worked through men and women of God. That's why he worked through people. That's why he kept saying to Ezekiel, son of man, can this happen? And Ezekiel said, thou knowest. And he said, he didn't say bones rise up. He spoke to an earthen man, put his authority in his mouth and said, you speak to these dry bones and command them to live. Why? Because there had to be a, an earthen vessel that worked through the authority of God. That's how God had to work and the devil had to do the same thing. He came to God when Job was tried and he said, I've been going to and fro throughout all the earth. And God said, have you considered my servant Job? Why'd God do that? He did that because he had to have a representative. Satan was challenging him and saying, I got them all. I've got them all. I have authority over this earth realm because all the earthen vessels are submitted to me. 
And God said, have you considered my servant Job? You say, well, that was terrible for God to put Job through that. Job became the representative of God. He stood alone as the representative of God in this earth. And therefore, Job established the authority of God in this earth. Listen to me. The devil might have millions. All God needs is one. God doesn't need millions of people agreeing with him. He just needs one. He just needs somebody that's willing to become that vessel, that's willing to become that person, that's willing to take this vessel made of clay that came forth from the earth and let him put his spirit inside of it and begin to operate in the authority of heaven on the earth. That's why we pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus, in order to claim the inheritance In order to be legal, he had to have a body made of clay. So he was born of a virgin, Holy Spirit. He was half God, half man. Mary came forth from this earth. And so his body came forth from the earth. That gave him the authority as a vessel that came forth from the earth. That gave him position as a man. He had to be a man in order to do what needed to be done. In order to exert the authority of God, on this earth, it had to come forth from a man vessel, a human vessel. But you say, Pastor, what about the genealogy? I've always read that and thought, why, you know, Joseph wasn't his father, why did they give the genealogy? Why was that important? You know, in the book of Luke, genealogy goes all the way back to, to David and Abraham, and, and that's awesome. That's awesome. But there's more. See, one night, an angel appeared to a guy named Joseph, and he said, Joseph. Don't be afraid to take Mary to be your wife because the child that has been conceived in her womb was conceived of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph got up and went to Mary. And I don't know how they did this in this day, but I, he might have woke her up and got down on one knee and said, Mary, you are going to be my wife, and I accept you. And they got married, but they did. he did not know her until Jesus was born, but he accepted her as his bride. Therefore, that which was in her womb became the legal son of Joseph. And when he was born, he was born into the lineage of Joseph. Therefore, he had a lineage that went all the way back, not just to David, not just to Abraham, but the book of Matthew says that it went all the way back to Adam, the son of God. Therefore, Jesus was born into a family that had the rightful claim to the inheritance of this earth. Oh, You got to understand, this is going to sink in as the days go on. 
I've had days. I, I've had days to, to think about this and mull this over. But when, Jesus, when Joseph went in and said, Mary, I accept you as my wife, he just adopted the Son of God into his lineage, into his genealogy. <laughs> and Sister Carolyn said the other night, talking about being adopted, she said, a natural born child can be put out of the will of the family, but an adopted child can never be removed from the will and testament of the family they were adopt adopted into. Woo! Joseph said, I take you as my wife, and that which Holy Spirit has conceived inside of you, I take as my only son. And he adopted the Son of God. And there, by the Spirit of adoption, I can now cry, Abba, Father. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Jesus came in a way that we had to come. And he came and he was adopted into the family. He was born into the earth body, but he was also adopted into the genealogy of God himself on the earth. And that's why the devil didn't understand. He didn't know that there was somebody that just got born in this earth and is walking when he challenged him on the mat of temptation and trying to get him to prove he was the son of God. Jesus was standing there smiling and thinking, I, that's not why I'm here. I've already been in heaven. I know I'm the son of God, but I'm here to take back the birthright and the inheritance that was stolen. I am the last Adam. I am the one who has come to take it back, and I will have legal right. Legal right to do so. <laughs> oh, my Jesus. We're going to get this. Amen. The angels got it a lot faster. They're already shouting with me because they understand they was there. They was, they was there. See, the devil, oh, he thought he had him. He thought he had him in the garden. He thought, I got him. I'm going to get rid of him, dummy. <laughs> I'm going to take him down. He should have knew something was up. When the guards showed up and they said, we're looking for Jesus and Nazareth, Jesus said, that's me, and they all fell down flat. Jesus had to resurrect him to let him let him arrest him. The devil should have stepped back and said, something ain't right here. <laughs> something going on here, here. That shouldn't have happened. But then the next time we see Jesus, he offers no resistance, no spiritual resistance. He doesn't defend himself. He doesn't try to prove anything. He could have called angels and they would have, they would have cooperated with, but he refused to do so. Why? Because he came as a son of man in an earthly body with the genealogy all the way back to Adam. And he was standing in that garden not to pay a price for our salvation only. He was standing in that garden about to go and slap the devil right across the face and say that deed and title that you stole from Adam belongs to me and I'm going to take it back. I'm going to take it back. Hallelujah. He, if they'd have just known. See, what, what the devil didn't understand is when Jesus was in the garden saying, oh, 
Oh, if, it, if there's just another way, let this cup pass from me. It wasn't the physical pain that he was, that he was rejecting. That was going to be terrible. But what it was, he said, let this cup pass from me. Let this cup pass from me. The sinless son of God was about to drink the iniquity of us all and carry it all the way to the cross. In the book of Colossians, it says that he led captivity captive, gave gifts unto men. But before that, he said, it says that he disarmed principalities. He disarmed powers. He disarmed rulers of darkness. Read it in, in Ephesians chapter 1 where the prayer that Paul was praying was a declaration of the fact that Jesus won. And he's above everybody. And he is the head of the church, the body that feels all in all. See, Jesus in that garden, what the devil didn't understand was the perfect son of God absorbed all of our sins, all of our rejection. All of our shame, he absorbed it into his very being. Why? Because it wasn't God. It wasn't the son that God wanted to crucify. He needed a body. He needed a physical body from the earth to carry the sin and shame of the world. You know why? Because it wasn't the Son of God that was about to be nailed to a cross. His physical body was nailed to a cross. It was the devil and all of his shame and all of his sin, all of his reproach, Jesus was carrying in his body when he was nailed to that cross and shed his blood. It was the tactics of the devil that got nailed to the cross and destroyed. He came to destroy the works of the devil. I realize that might sound a little strange to you, but just look at it. Jesus carried our sins who himself bore our sins on the cross. And by his stripes, we were healed. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something today. Jesus was adopted into the family of man so that we could be adopted into the family of God. <sighs> Whoa. See, the Son of God became the Son of Man so that Son of Man could become the Son of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's just not our sins that got forgiven. It's our life that got changed. We have been brought into a family, a creed that cannot be broken. And I think I realized this week, more than I ever have, what I'm a part of. I've preached it my whole life. I've experienced it my whole life. But lately, I've been kind of getting a little input on exactly what it is that I got adopted into. See, we feel a little disconnect sometimes. We feel like, you know, that was 
Peter, Paul, James, John, that was all them guys. They, they got to do that. And we feel a little disconnected by that. And we feel like, well, we, you know, we're the lesser people that got, we're, we're, we're just coming in at the last minute. Everybody gets paid the same according to the parables. And we feel a little, little disconnected a lot of times. And we, we feel like it's not like it used to be. And, and, and it's not as strong as it used to be. And, and, and you know, we, we, we're, we don't have it like the apostles. And the church, the church believed this lie and started preaching this lie that, that the miracles stopped with the last apostle and, and healings don't happen anymore. And, and, and we're purified by our sicknesses. When Jesus... Bore our sicknesses and our diseases in his body. How could God be glorified when we can't get what he paid for? Come on, somebody. The devil has caused this thing to be watered down to the point where we feel like orphans are just going to get to get into the kingdom of God, build us a cabin in the corner of glory. I just want to get in by the skin of my teeth. Man, how many times have I heard that? You don't have no, hopefully you don't have no skin on your teeth. If you do, I, can, I know a good dentist. I just want to get in by the skin of my, what, what kind of attitude is that? When God has offered us to be the children of his throne. Matter of fact, in the book of Revelations, he said that those that overcome will sit with me in my throne. That means we will sit with him in his authority. Now, how could that happen if we are some kind of lesser children of God and disconnected? No, we're not lesser. I'm going to have to quit because i got about five more sermons that I need to preach on this. We are not lesser. Matter of fact, I think, I think we, need to, we need to open up our hearts and say, God, what is it you actually birthed me into? What, what do I actually have? God's been showing me time after time lately how easy it is for him to answer prayers. It just amazes me. And it's stuff that I, don't, I just blurt out. I don't, I, I, I don't understand it. Because stuff I've prayed for years for, I still struggle with. But the stuff that I just blurt out Shows up. And it's like, what? And this is happening over and over and over and over. To the point that I'm starting to kind of go around saying, I ought to be careful what I'm blurting out. Because God's answering I have a feeling that the body of Christ would be in a whole lot better shape if we just get back to the point where we really believe that God was the answer. When Trump didn't get back in, about 85% of the body of Christ decided God didn't answer prayer. Our faith was in, was in a man. Do we, do we honestly believe that God somehow lost control, that he's not able to do something? My goodness. We forgot that God was the answer. I was out around my shop the other day. I know this is silly, but this is how fast this stuff's happening. I was out around my shop the other day, and I've got this old pickup. 1979 crew cab one-ton truck that I used to talk, pull trailers all over the country with. 
screaming down the road if, at four miles a gallon, 5,000 RPMs. I've pulled trailers all over this country with that thing. Hold my family in it. And I kept that old truck because I had in my mind, I had, you know, I'm going to restore this thing one of these days. I wore it plumb out. I'm going to restore this thing one of these days. And that truck has sat out by my shop for 20 years. Just sit there. Under a cedar tree. Used to be white. Now it's a black color. Can't even see in the windows because they're covered in, in black. Nobody would pay attention to that old rusty piece of junk sitting out there covered in black stuff. And for 20 years it's sit there and not one person has come and asked me if they could buy it. Who would want it? Looked terrible. And I was out there by my shop the other day and I kind of was taking a kind of a thinking about how many years I might have left and just really what I wanted to spend my money and time on. And I was looking at that thing and I thought, yeah, it's not you. <laughs> I got a lot bigger things to do than try to make you look good again and run again. And I just blurted out, God, I need to get rid of this thing. And just turned around and walked off. A few nights later, this pickup pulls in my driveway. Young kid gets out. I mean young. Comes and rings my doorbell. I answer the door. He introduced himself. He said, would you by chance be interested in selling that old truck down there? I said, well, yes, I would. I said, I planned about 20 years ago of restoring that truck when I got older. But I said, I don't want to do it anymore. He said, can I go look at it? I said, sure. He come back up, and I thought, well, this will fix that. He come back up. He said, what do you want for it? So I shot him an offer. More than I could ever get out of it by hauling it off for scrap, scrap metal. I shot him a number. He looked at me and he said, can I pick it up tomorrow night? I said, yes, you can. He came back with cash in his hand. Handed it to me. I handed him the title. They loaded that thing on a trailer. And I saluted as it pulled out the door. I just saved myself hours and hours of labor and thousands of dollars. Now, the real story behind that is that I just simply said, God, I need to get rid of this thing. And a couple days later, Someone showed up and actually bought it off of me instead of just offering to haul it off. That's how fast this stuff's happening. Back in the cold, I, I didn't think I was going to tell this, but I am. I'm risky. When it was, you know, when it was below zero, I was out trying to feed my son's cattle because he works for City Utilities and he was working around the clock trying to keep natural gas going to the customers of City Utilities. And I was trying to take care of my son's farm. And the round bell, some of y'all know what I'm talking about, the round bells has that mesh on it. All of the freezing rain and snow we'd got, those bells were froze that deep and that mesh was just frozen into these things. And I, and I would pull and I would beat on it with a hammer and pull on it and pull on it and pull on it. Besides that, the tractor wouldn't stay running. Just, it just kept dying. Every few minutes, it would die. And I'd have to wait about 20 minutes. It'd start back up and run. I think the diesel was gelling up and all that kind of stuff. And I was out there. It took me all day to get these cows 
uh, fed, and I was out there working in this sub-zero weather and the wind blowing and, and you know, freezing rain falling, and, and I'm out there working, and this tractor keeps dying, and I can't even get the bales of hay out to where I need them to go when I got them ready because the tractor wouldn't run. And I sit in that tractor, and I said, God, I need to get these bales of hay out there. And I looked at that tractor, sitting behind it, I looked at that dash, and I said, you're going to run it. In Jesus' name, you're going to run it. I hit the key, and it started right up. I thought, okay. And I thought, of course, this is how we think. I've got to hurry and get down there and load this bell up and get, get out of there. So I got down there, loaded bells of hay up, started back out. And I had to stop and take that mesh off. That was taking me forever. The tractor was just sitting there idling, idling real good. And all of a sudden, it started going, you know, like it was going to die. And I just, I went running around. I was in the back of the tractor. I went running around, and I yelled at that tractor. And I said, I told you to run. People thought I was crazy if they'd been watching. Immediately, that tractor just idled out and kept running. I got around behind the tractor. I had the bell of hay all the way on the ground, you know, hydraulics. I, I pushed the levers all the way forward. Bell of hay went down on the ground. I'm around there cutting and beating and trying to get that mesh off of there. And I finally get it off of everything but the bottom. And I step back and I said, I need this thing raised up. I was talking to myself. I was frustrated. Just, I said, I need to raise this thing up. And immediately the bell raised up. And I, I stepped back. I walked around the bell of hay and looked in the cab. Those levers that I had pushed all the way down were pulled all the way back. And that bell of hay rose up. And I pulled it off. And that tractor ran from then on. I got to tell you something. Listen, I'm not trying to build myself up. I'm saying we serve a God that is amazing. And we don't realize that we have been born into a kingdom that has no end, has no lack, has no, has no loss. And we need to start living like it. I'm not talking about going out and claiming you a million-dollar home. I'm talking about going out and starting to change lives. Most people transfer that too. I'm a king's kid. I ought to have everything I want. No, you ought to be able to give everything people need. We got healing in our hands. Let's give it away. We got the word of God in our mouth. The word is nigh thee, even in our mouth. Let's give it away. Oh my, I'm going to have to quit. Jesus, I, I probably shouldn't have told you those stories, but I did. A lot of times when I do stuff like that, I leave saying I did what I did. And it's done. Can't go back and change it. But that's how, that's how fast things are happening now. And I could go through story after story after story of how that's happened in the last year. And it's not just for me. It's because we are the children of God. And we don't understand what we've been born into. Stand with me today. Oh, my goodness. Can we go out and come back in again? I want to preach this all over again. Next shift, come on. Father, I pray insight, understanding, and revelation into our lives. Lord, that we can know the hope of our calling, of your calling. That we can know what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance. Lord, you come down on this earth. You come down on this earth. You became the legal heir of the possession of this earth.
you took dominion. And that's why, that's why in Matthew chapter 28, you declared to the disciples, now all authority is given unto me in heaven and on the earth. Father, I thank you that Jesus gained positional authority in the heavenly realm and in the earthly realm. And now he's called us into his family. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I want you to do something for me right now. What, what is it? What is it you need to happen right now? I'm gonna say, I need, Father, I need, and I want you to blurt it out, all right? Amen. Get ready. I'm gonna say it. Father, I need. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You are amazing, Father God. I feel in my spirit that this next week, as these words begin to soak into our very souls, that we're going to have some trans transformative thinking that's going to start taking place in our life. Hallelujah. We're going to start seeing things a little different. We're going to start seeing the challenges just a little different. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are the children of the Most High God. Hallelujah. God, you're amazing. You're amazing. You are amazing, Father. You are amazing, Father. Hallelujah. While we're worshiping God, anything can happen. Anything can happen. I've been meeting with pastors late in the last last several months and we've been we've been talking about this believing it and declaring every one of us is in agreement and declaring that during our worship services miracles are going to take place people are going to get saved people are going to get delivered we're going to begin to see the working of the power of God in just from the presence of God and last Sunday down at New Life Temple during their worship a man died on the platform while he was singing he suddenly grabbed his heart and fell over some EMTs and nurses that go to church there ran to the platform and Pastor Bruce told the worship leader said just keep worshiping just keep worshiping so they just kept singing kept worshiping he was laying there in Danny Bird's lap the runs restoration, New Life Restoration Center. His head was laying in his lap. His eyes were fixed, staring straight ahead. They checked him. He had no pulse. He was not breathing. And they just continued to worship. Did you hear what I said? They wasn't even praying. They wasn't rebuking death. They were just worshiping God, continue to worship. He didn't have a pulse for a, for a minute. They kept counting it and they couldn't find a pulse. His eyes were fixed. And as they worshiped God, just declaring God, all of a sudden, he went, and sit up right in the middle of their worship. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about the presence of God is greater than what we're giving him credit for. It's his presence that does it. Hallelujah. That man got up. 
They helped him out, but he walked out. <laughs> Come on. Holy, holy, holy. See, we think we got to do something. The only thing we got to do is let his presence work. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you for the answers that are coming. People just said, I need. And Lord, I thank you for the answers that are going to show up and knock on the door. Hallelujah. 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 Everyone hold your hands out just like this. Say, Father, fill my hands with who you are, with your blessings, with your provision. And I will transfer to the kingdom of God and I will release it to the people that have need of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.